0: The Super Speedway Podcast is a Dream Bigger media production. For news, photos, show notes, and information about advertising on the podcast, visit www.thesuperspeedway.com. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Super Speedway. Welcome to episode 166 of the Super Speedway Podcast, recorded Tuesday, August 11th, 2020. I'm your host, Eric Young, and I'm joined, as always, by my co host, James Cush. James, second time's a charm. Nobody knows, but second time's a charm. <laughs> second time's a charm.
1: We'll just leave it at that.
0: There we go. There we go.
1: <laughs> the, the original intro to this uh, episode was a lot funnier than this one. But yeah, we'll, we'll do. We'll do with the professionalism. I tr- like we always
0: bring. I tried to power through it, but I was just—I was flailing over here trying to hit buttons and.
1: One of my favorite things that you do is um sometimes when you get flustered, your voice trails away from the microphone, and that always ma- that always hits my funny bone. Well, a lot so. of
0: times what it is is I'm whatever is going wrong is usually because of the soundboard, and the soundboard is to my right, which is away from the microphone. So I'll usually turn towards the soundboard to fix whatever it is and so the audio goes down.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is great makes me laugh every time.
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff, James. We're not professional. That's all right.
1: We are
0: the consummate professionals. We consummate? Have... Consummate, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think we've ever made a claim to be professionals. So. No. Yeah, I think you have nope. to get paid to be professionals. So we're good there. Well, we're getting
1: there. <laughs> yeah, right? Maybe someday.
0: <laughs> Maybe someday. All right. We get to talk some racing this week. We get to talk two races. Uh, it was the Firekeepers Casino 400. 312 and the Consumers Energy 400 312 uh, for (laughs) Michigan International Speedway. Doubleheader at M.I.S. James, I got to be there. Got to watch there. Got to watch Kevin Harvick just destroy everybody. And he (sighs) did it two days in a row, man. I didn't even separate these races because honestly, the story of the race was Harvick, right?
1: It's Harvick, Harvick and more Harvick. He won everything but the first stage on Sunday. Yeah, and literally won it all.
0: And, and that's only because he got inverted, you right? Know, from from the first race, led the most laps both days by a long shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, not even close. I guess ninety two you know, and ninety two and ninety. Boyer led forty three laps on Sunday, but I mean, yeah, and that's it, it. Yeah, ninety and ninety two. That's that's crazy. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was just as much of a domination um, as you'll ever see. I mean, he, he, yeah, I mean, it's it's up there with. I, I'm trying to think of recent dominating performances, but over a two race stretch. And, and I know we're, we're new to this, to this, uh, you know, two races on a weekend deal that we're, that we're doing with the condensed schedule and stuff, but it's just a butt whooping to, to be all butt weapons. I mean, nobody could touch him. no, there, um, were, there was a chance on Sunday, and we'll get into it a little, or excuse me, on Saturday, um, and I know we'll get into it with discussing the races a little bit, but there was some chances on Saturday that he could have got nabbed. Well, and but, there, was,
0: there was a pretty good shot on Sunday because Blaney was good.
1: Yeah, well, and Hamlin was coming at the end of that race. Yep. So, so I mean, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't like he didn't earn it, that's for sure, but, you know, he was still by far the
0: best guy. Right, yeah, for sure. It was it was one of those things, and, um, you know, I listened to the post-race on Sirius on the way home, on saturday and it just sounds like a lot of it has to do with with uh harvick's ability to handle the car in the turns they've uh they've been able to on these on these long straightaways be able to dial the arrow down enough to get rid of the drag and have him still be able to control it in the turns to where he's not losing ground in the turns and he's just so much faster in the straightaways and you could see it on saturday especially um being there you know nobody else could get Nobody else could go to the inside of somebody coming in ter- off a of turn four and make no. the pass on their own, but Harvick was able to do it, and yeah, he, so, could. he was just power moving yeah. through
1: the through the field. Yeah, I mean he could put the car anywhere he wanted, and um, and uh, you know it's been made known that this is this car is undefeated now, three for three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean it's a it's a good piece, right? Um, and, and Rodney Childers is, is keeping it close to the vest, and if he's going to run this thing again, but I mean if I were them, I'd be looking at another opportunity to. <laughs> you know, take this car into the playoffs. I'll for tell sure. you what,
0: James, we talk a lot about a lot about the great um, driver crew chief combos. Oh, this is up there. This oh, yeah. is definitely this is I mean, we're talking I mean, maybe not Chad Knaus Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson level, but we're talking Cole Pern Martin Truex level, at least right here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Stewart and Zippy. Yeah. When they had their run. Well, did you uh, so
0: did you know the story that Tony wanted Roddy Childress? He he, yeah, I, he, yeah. he battled Harvick for Childers, and and gave basically let Harvick take him, and uh, yeah he, apparently that, I heard it on door bumper clear this week so yeah, apparently Greg no, Griffin uh, said it so it must be true
1: yeah Brett, yeah exactly <laughs> uh you know win 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 on that situation I mean yeah. look what Harvick's done <laughs> you, you know but can you imagine if Tony Stewart had oh man I I yeah I licked my chops at you know what could have been there but tony had a good crew chief for a while and yeah. he he burned that bridge down uh in 2011 <laughs> so
0: well you um, know harvick has been hard on crew chiefs um he struggled with crew chiefs and it, i mean these two just complement each other and um you know childers will let harvick do his venting on the radio and let harvick be harvick and not argue with them and they just i mean they both have a trust in each other and I'll tell you, it's, it's a, quite the combo. They
1: bring a car, they bring a car to the track and it's the fastest car every week. And, mm-hmm. and even Harvick, who's at an advanced age now, he's 44 past his prime. Right. But he's, he's aging gracefully because that's a fast car. And he is, you know, one of the smartest drivers out there. Yeah. And he, and he shows it every week. You know, he's not the best at restarts anymore. Like he, you know, he, at one time he was one of the best. Right. Um, but you see, he got took a couple of times, especially on Saturday when we had uh, a ton of
0: restarts. I late. think that has to do with the downforce though.
1: Yeah, but you could see what that car can do when right. when Harvick, Harvick doesn't get in trouble. He mm-hmm. drives it smart, and he knows that he can he can gather it back up, yeah. and he he does. And um, it's just a great combination of what those guys can do. And, and no, it's no wonder that Harvick doesn't want to retire, you know, for right. years to for years to come. Yet, you know how how long he can keep this up, um, I, you know, I don't know. But um, and, you know, he's about to pass Kyle Busch on the all times wins
0: list again. So yeah, gonna, this this he's, season he's going up there. Is like tailor made to Harvick too, with them finishing up at at uh, Phoenix. I mean, this is this is Harvick's season to lose right now, and yeah, he's got he's got a tough challenger in Denny Hamlin. Yeah, and, it's a two horse race. Well, Brad it's Keselowski's two-horse. not going away quietly either. Yeah, he's
1: nipping at their heels, but it's definitely a two horse race. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Eric, he's averaging a five point nine average finish. he's, know, he's that's crazy. He's got nineteen top ten. I mean, he's got video game numbers. he's right average he's
0: averaged five years or five wins a year since coming to Stuart Haas.
1: yeah. I mean, <laughs> it completely changed completely changed his career, yeah. making that move. I mean, we've talked about that how many times on this podcast, but I mean, it's completely he's his his career has completely been rewritten, yep because of it. so it's, it's just incredible. It's I mean, something. I was just. I think you and I saw it coming a little bit, you know, when we were doing our fantasy picks. Last oh yeah, week. we. I mean, Harvick's... We'll, we'll get there.
0: We'll get there. Harvick's um, become, he's become Bill Elliott at, at Michigan. I mean, this is, yeah. He's. You just know you're you're going to Michigan, you're going to have to battle Harvick, and if if he doesn't have trouble, he's going to be right there at the front competing for it. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just. It was one of the more incredible weekends i i can remember i mean yeah. it's just a butt whooping but
0: well and i'll say um, you know despite the fact that he had such a dominating performance both days i think overall the racing was really good at michigan this weekend i think i think this was the best the best weekend of racing that we've seen at michigan since the repave
1: yeah and saturday by far was the better of yes. the two um
0: so i you know and and i again i listened to, to dbc a little bit today and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they didn't know what they had on Saturday. And come Sunday, yep. everybody had improved their cars. We they spent all
1: night working on them.
0: Yep. They were more stable. Yep. They knew more what they had. And it was it was a race with practice. And so it was mm-hmm. a little bit more close to a traditional Michigan race mm-hmm. um, than Saturday, which was... I mean, Saturday was spectacular, and and maybe it's I'm saying it because I was there, but it was spectacular. It
1: was spectacular on TV too, and NBC did a great job with some overhead shots of the restarts, and they just you could see all of the action at all times. It was just
0: see, I didn't see any of the NBC broadcasts. Usually, they have NBC on in the press box. Yeah, um, but they had MRN on the press box, really loud too. By the way, it was really annoying. But uh, so I didn't, I didn't hear any of the NBC broadcast on Saturday, and, and yeah, didn't really watch it because it's on a screen up to the right, and yeah. I'd rather watch. No, the they did a, the they did a
1: great job on those restarts where you could see at least twenty cars, and you could see them clearly too. I mean, they That's were cool. they were following the cars around, and, and it was just really well done. Um, and they captured all that action. You know, cars. You know dropping like rocks through the back of the field and, you know, cars making runs and, and and at Michigan, you can really capture that.
0: Well, the Uh, momentum was incredible. Yeah. Just to see guys, the closing rate coming off the turns and it was, you know, what it reminded me of is it reminded me of IndyCar. I mean, it really was very similar to some of the old IndyCar, high drag IndyCar packages that we've seen where guys would gain, they'd make a move, they'd have to lift and they'd lose a ton of positions because of it or a ton of, a ton of time. It just, I mean, it, it 100% momentum. And, of course, you watch the onboards. They're hardly lifting in the turns. So that's why it's like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. So Saturday, um, Kyle Busch manages to get up front, uh, challenges Harvick a little bit. And uh, so Harvick <laughs> either got into the back of Kyle or didn't get in the back of Kyle. And then Kyle went up the track and either hit the wall or didn't hit the wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess first of all, I mean, anything wrong with what Harvick did there? Did Harvick no. do him dirty? No, no, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't even touch him. No. I mean, it,
1: I mean, he slid up, but um, it I don't. Was at that point, close. I don't think it
0: matters whether he touched him because the air touched him, and in yeah. either way, it's either way he might as well have, have hit him. But I don't yeah. think he did anything wrong there. And I and k- you, Kyle didn't hit the wall, despite the fact no. that Kyle said he had a tire rub. He did. You not couldn't have stuck
1: a piece of paper between no. both sides of that car. In that whole thing, though, without no. the paper getting ripped, but you know he didn't touch anything, which was crazy.
0: um Kyle was um, very happy on the radio, for the record. Of course, he was actually. I give Kyle a lot of credit. Didn't say a word until the caution came out. Um, he tried to shortly uh, after, and then his direct quote was, "What the?" And yeah. I'll, I'll leave the last word off.
1: Yeah, he uh, <laughs> started with an F. <laughs> He tried to get Har—he tried to get in Harvick's, you know what, after the race, uh, in the post-race interviews. He he tried to go there, and he—I think he saw the replay, and he backed—he he did back it down. Like he was gonna—he yeah. was gonna go there, but I think after he saw the replay, well,
0: they, he, it, there was a really interesting mix too because on TV he did, but on radio he didn't. So yeah, we heard we he heard saw. the radio interview in the press box, and he pretty much kind of brushed it off, like no biggie so yeah maybe you saw the replay in between the two or something well you
1: know how and i think most drivers are this way rational drivers even kyle bush was irrational a lot of the time <laughs> um if it's a racing deal they usually don't get super fired up about it they're racing know?
0: for the lead man if this happened for 10th place well, then yeah at, you'd be upset but they're racing for the lead
1: kozlowski and blaney is another great example that's just a racing thing that yeah. happened and they both slapped the wall and end ended their day on sunday And yeah. it's it it's just one of those things that's going to happen when you're battling as hard as these guys are. And even Kevin Harvick's allowed to have a little slip.
0: Well, and Harvick said on the post-race that, you know, he had to go. You can't. Oh, you can't wait. You yeah. don't know how long you're going to still have that advantage, especially with somebody like Kyle Busch out front with clean air. First time he had clean air all day. We know what clean air does to these cars.
1: Well, look what happened to Boyer on uh, Sunday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was, he got into dirty air, and he just yeah. lost it on the, on the radio. He was flipping out, screaming, and having a whole heck of a time because he was he was loving life in the front at the front of the field but he <laughs> couldn't keep it there
0: uh, yeah so um you mentioned uh you mentioned the the brad Keselowski ryan blaney thing on sunday um again i mean nothing wrong there right brad was going for nope. going for the lead yeah. and just lost it
1: brad had a good car too and so did blaney i, I think blaney be, had fair.
0: blaney had the best chance i think of beating harvick
1: yeah, Brad had the best car on Saturday. I think the twelve car. I think they improved on Sunday of, yeah. of the two. Blaney was right there on Saturday too. I mean, they were both really good. Yeah, um, Blaney led laps on Saturday. Both Ryan, both second.
0: Blaney and and Keselowski had winning cars. Had Penske Harbin cars had were there. good. Yeah, the Penske cars were good. Even Joey Logano led a bunch of laps.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the Penske cars were good Joey's, all weekend. It's just
0: this, this is a Joey track, you know. Generally, um, he likes.
1: Yeah, he does like this track. Um, and he's always run well there, no matter what. But yeah, the pen, the pen, and the Penske crew—they always bring you know good cars. Right. Uh, you, you know, any any time they come to Michigan, they they want it bad. Um, but yeah, it's another one of those racing deals. You know, I, I hated it for Keslowski because he because he wanted it bad, and I thought, I thought after Saturday maybe he showed a little something that he he might have had something for him on Sunday. But, um, you know, is it's gonna happen? It, yeah. It, surprisingly, as great of racing as we had all weekend long, that was really the only. That was really the only incident we had. I mean, we had uh, John Hunter, you know, <laughs> looping it around on Saturday and three, and, different, uh, three different
0: crashes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but that was only that was only the real, you know, notable crash of the whole
0: weekend. Yeah, well, Custer, yeah, Custer ripping the rear end off his car was a little rough too. Yeah, Custer hit it. Yeah, Custer hit pretty good um, on yeah, Saturday nice, too. Nice lengthy red flag on Sunday after the jet dryer dropped uh, fuel down the backstretch. I don't know yeah, if that, that was, was, was ever discussed one. on. I don't know if they just, did they discuss it on TV that it was, the jet dryer. Uh,
1: I, I just knew that there was, I was kind of, I was watching the race obviously pretty intently. And then when I saw that the race was going red, I kind of stepped away for a minute to do a couple of things. I just knew there was a ton of fluid all over the track and so, I thought, ah, oh, crap. I, at, I just assumed it was Custer.
0: MRN thought it was uh, from a car, but no, it was, I was listening to the NASCAR channel and the jet dryer guy came over the radio and said that he dropped fuel down the back stretch and.
1: Oh, geez. Um
0: This is not the first time we've seen a jet dryer drop fuel. It happened at Kentucky last year, too. Um, it happens sometimes, you know. Yeah. It's a hot jet engine sitting there, you know. Things oh, happen.
1: yeah. And so. sometimes cars run into them, and it causes the whole thing.
0: Fortunately, despite the fact that we started an hour late because of the Xfinity race on Saturday, we still had enough light to get the thing finished.
1: So. Yeah. But, I know. know. I was... I was mad about that, by the
0: way. But uh, you I'm weren't, weren't we sitting—you weren't sitting in the press box with nothing to do, twiddling your thumbs, waiting for the freaking race to start, with a mask uh, on your face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got I there. Know. I got there a half hour before we were allowed to go up in the press box, and so I went up to the press box like the second we were allowed to go up there, and I sat the entire time, including the extra hour waiting for that race to start.
1: Yeah, so people who have listened to this pod for, for a while, um, the, the two or three of you that do. Um, you, you're familiar with our friend Todd. We bring him up from time to time. And we always give Todd crap about going to the racetrack and bringing the thunderstorms and, and rain with him, right? Mm-hmm. And he was in Wisconsin, and he, yeah. he was the reason that the Xfinity Series race uh, got rain, to, rain delayed. So yeah. it's his fault at the end of the day.
0: Only Todd could go to a road course race where they run rain tires and still see a rain delay
1: yeah yeah and then i thought too I, I as as you were upset about being in the press box another half or another hour i was like only eric and todd can be at the track complaining constantly right. about stuff going on yes. i just it was it's just beautiful symmetry between yeah, uh, i was between one of you about guys.
0: 10 media members there on saturday and i'm complaining because i had to sit an extra hour in the press box in the air conditioning yeah, waiting wait for the race was, to start. The fans. I was agitated,
1: at. dude. I was agitated. I didn't know why we couldn't
0: start it. Well, I was frustrated go. because it was so late. Um That's yeah. that's the biggest thing, and and you know it's just, I you know I I have less of a problem with the late starts if these tracks have lights, but Michigan doesn't have lights, so you run into a couple of delays, and now you're cutting a short race already. The, a race that's already short, shorter. We didn't have to do that, but you. run Well, we finally out had rest. some good weather. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful, both days in Michigan. So, um, yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the the race length. James, three hundred twelve miles for both races. Beautiful. I think uh, I, you know I've been I've been saying all along three hundred miles is a sweet spot. I think this uh, this weekend proved it. Don't you think? At least for Michigan.
1: Oh yeah, it was beautiful. Beautiful. It, you know,
0: even sitting there, like right at that point where you start going, oh, man, we're still you know whatever it. We, it, there's 50 laps to go and you know it's it's winding down yep. and and so it was i mean it was absolutely perfect being there um now i'll be it i wouldn't want to go to a race weekend and have one cup race at 300 miles and that's it give me a double header give me you know some other racing during the day maybe a double header during the day um give me all three series whatever during the weekend. That's fine, but uh, but I think 300 miles was was beautiful, absolutely if
1: beautiful. You, yeah, and if you've got double headers, we're, we've got the sweet spot. Yep. And, and I uh, think
0: that I think that contributes to the good racing we saw.
1: Yeah. Obviously, I mean, oh, less yeah. practice. You know, less practice. We we know we like that.
0: The only thing that I'll say, James, is that one thing that is, whether you love or hate fuel mileage racing, Michigan's always good for it, and we didn't. See, we kind of almost saw it Saturday but not really. And I think that because of the stages and because of the shorter race, we lost the fuel mileage aspect. Now you can fix that really quick by taking that 17 gallon fuel cell and making it, you know, 12 gallons, you know, or whatever, you know, you can, you can shrink the fuel cell and fix that problem. So, um, so Sunday's race just over two hours long, I think two hours and nine. Yeah. two, Two hours, nine minutes, 35 seconds uh saturday's race was two hours great. and 34 minutes because of the red That's flag great, yeah That's it's great. perfect man yeah. so so again i was listening to dbc and they mentioned you know we say we say it's a four o'clock start time right but it's really it's a four thirty start time because the pre-race yeah. so you you slap that that half hour in there you know you got your post-race interviews at the end and you're talking a three-hour window that is perfect
1: Absolutely, and perfect. that's what you want. Yep. yep, that's what that's what we've been screaming about to, to do with racing for a long time. You got to start fitting it in a better window. Yep, and just over two hours is going to get it done.
0: And the nice thing is, is okay. So we pushed the race back an hour. It started at five o'clock. Still had plenty of light to finish it. We could have went longer if we had to. Um, you know, you 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 put yourself in a better position by having a shorter race like that. So yep. now the thing is, is you get a rain delay and it ends at halfway. Now you got even fewer laps that you got to see before. But whatever, you know, that's all that stuff's going to happen. You can't control mother, mother nature.
1: Exactly.
0: So, yes. But I think I think that's the sweet spot. I, I you know I talked to a couple people at the track this weekend. Everybody kind of feels the same as we do that we probably are done with two weekends at MIS. That this will likely be the future. Oh yeah, this is it. Yeah, yeah, it's over. So, it's, but yeah. I, but we're yeah. good with that. You know, we all we all kind of everybody. You know, I was talking with uh, with Brandon Crowd from the Lap Traffic Podcast, and he talked about the fact that. You know, he used to, when he was a fan, he was he didn't like the idea of only run one race weekend because, you know, you go to the races twice during the year. But for us, you know, that gives you a chance maybe to go check out a different track instead. You know, yeah. I mean, here in Michigan, you got Chicagoland that's not, depending on where you're at in Michigan's not that much further away. Um, yep. and, the know, Brickyard, really, isn't yeah, you that far? Got the Brickyard. Kentucky's not terrible. Um, yep. You know, go check out a different track and, and use that weekend for that. So. Um, but I mean, if you can get, if you can see two cup races in the same weekend, I mean, I'd, yeah, I'd take, well, i take yeah. that over two separate weekends any day.
1: Yeah. And you know, the economy is just tighter and things are different and you know, maybe yep. t- people only have one, one weekend a year, but if you can pack in two cup races during that weekend, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's just beautiful. I, I do feel, I was reading some articles on the, uh, on the economic struggles of Brooklyn, mm-hmm. um, by losing not only these two races, um, for fans but they also lost their faster horses event yep and you know the the local economy is gonna t- you know, take a big hit because i think it's only what twelve thousand people that live in brooklyn well i'll like tell that. you what
0: james it was so weird because i drove through brooklyn to come to the track yeah usually i come through ann arbor but because i didn't stay down there i just drove through brooklyn and yeah i'll tell you i've never i've never been to brooklyn when they when it's not a race weekend so i've never yeah. seen it not packed
1: I almost, I'm wondering if it's kind of like what it would be like if you went to like the cross country state championships or something where, yeah. where there's not that many people. Down. I, I just, I've never, I've, I'm with you, man. I've never been down there other than the, when I went to that race on Tuesday, right. Um, a few years back when it rained out so bad, um, it was dead when I was there <laughs> for that race. So, uh, but there were still campers in the infield, but you know, there, I mean, there was they only were stuck. <laughs> was the ones that were left were stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that was, uh, that was my interesting Michigan experience, but yeah, never been to a track where it's empty. And I thought Jeff Gluck did a good job of kind of showing us around too on his social feeds. Yeah. What a jerk. Um, <laughs> 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 But anyway, yes. Uh, yeah, it was weird guy. I, I mean, I watching his, uh, watching his Instagram feed, I was kind of like, wow, that's this really, th- this thing really is happening and seeing your pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, uh, a friend, friend of mine, Derek winter from my old, uh, days where I volunteered uh, on the fan board at MIS. He was down at the track.
0: Yeah, I was going um, to bring that up. So he was right across over in turn uh, turn one, huh?
1: Yeah, and you took a random picture, <laughs> and you got him. You got him in the picture. That was I Brandon was... that got that
0: picture. It wasn't me. That was Brandon's oh, picture.
1: Oh, that's cool, yeah. yeah. No, that so was, Brandon, that was heard,
0: Brandon heard on the MRN broadcast. He tweeted the MRN broadcast, the picture, because he went out, up top and was checking it out. Yeah. And uh, and so I saw that and retweeted it to you. So, yeah, yeah that
1: was fantastic. <laughs> I was like, that was really well done.
0: Um, so but that was cool. Yeah. They
1: had a TV out there and they had the had the radio going and stuff. So I thought that was really cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we
0: we talked a little bit in the press box about, you know, Michigan. I, you know, I've I've been to Kentucky, been to Chicago. There's spots you can go in, in Chicago and in Kentucky that you can see parts of the track from. Um, I know that that at Kansas, there was a spot where people were out by the backstretch and you could see some of the track you can't see any of mis from anywhere not on mis property yeah there's no way to sneak in and see any of the track your best bet would be to get on the property on the back stretch and you might be able to see the turn some but you'd have to get past the gates to do it because yeah the gates are you know a quarter mile or a half mile away from the track so right it'd be tough yeah, I mean, it's so flat. There's just nothing there. Right. You yeah. know, it's just... You well, and there's get, like, trees all around it, too, I mean, for the most part. Yeah. Like, the backstreet's yeah. full of trees, so...
1: Well, like, when you go to Daytona, you know, it's, there's huge mounds of, you know, hills right. around the track that you can't really see into either, so it's, yeah. you know... But, yeah. And Darlington's, Darlington's like that. When I drove by Darlington, it was... Uh, you could see into the corners a little bit, but mm. not much. But it's all flat out there, too.
0: Right. So, um, you know, one... The the track seemed to have some grooves this weekend, James. Have we finally, has MIS finally aged? Is it finally getting there? I don't know. Maybe it's part of it. Maybe there was some talk this weekend that, that it's there a little bit. It's starting to get there. Well, like, the drive drivers were, were, were bumping up into that PJ1 a
1: little bit, well, too. And so I heard
0: some stuff that the PJ1 might have actually hindered the top line, that they might have been able to fan out wider if the PJ1 wasn't there. Yeah, that'd be good. It'd be good to see it. I'd I mean, like to. I'd like to know. It was something that I noticed on Saturday or on on during the truck race, especially, um, and then seeing on Saturday, they. I mean, there were definitely because that they the PJ one was pretty high. I mean, they yeah. had there were at least three lanes below that PJ one, and they were they were running in those three different lanes. Um, you know, it's hard still hard to pass because the speeds are. Are so consistent. I guess I wouldn't say high. There can. I mean, they're, hu- no, they're high in the There's no room.
1: So, yeah, there's no room for error. In the so turn. I was
0: watching the onboard. I think it was of Harvick, where he was going through the turns and hardly letting off, and so I'm comparing it to my pace car ride with Richard Childress a couple of years ago, and we did 160 at the end of the front straightaway, and let off going into the turns. And I'll tell you what we. I think I'd have to go back and watch the video, but I want to say we were only doing like 110 in the turns. I know only right yeah but we were only doing like 110 in the turns and it felt like we were being thrown out of the right side of the car oh yeah so we slowed down at 160 at the end of the straightaway the cup cars were hitting 190 at the end of the straightaways and they would only drop to 180 in the turns jeez i mean 180 miles an hour through those turns i can't even imagine james i can't even imagine that feeling yeah like you you play these video games and you 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 think you know what it's like, but you don't have any idea of the pull that you have going through those turns, the G-forces that they face. Right. It's just incredible.
1: And and Michigan turns are long. Yeah. So you're you're cranking that wheel a long way around.
0: So we slowed down the straightaways at Michigan, but they sped the turns up. With yeah. the, with this package, they're faster in the turns than they used to because I guarantee you they dropped to 160 before in the turns with the old package. So. Oh yeah,
1: because you were going into them at two, almost 220, and yeah. then you were backing her way down. So because of that
0: that speed, it's still tough to get side by side and race like we used to at Michigan, where they'd fan out five wide. Um, yeah, but uh, but as the track ages, that you assume those speeds would go down too. Yeah, and uh, you know we bring a, if we could bring a little bit softer tire. Maybe we, we you know short we we shrink the fuel cells a little bit to make the fuel mileage come back in. Bring a little bit softer tire because they'll be pitting more often. And now you got a race at Michigan, and it's back to what we used to we used to love about MIS. So
1: yeah, we're getting something there. I mean, the restarts definitely helped this this weekend, on especially on Saturday. But yeah, we right. we're get we got something. Um, there was something bubbling there, which I really liked. I think the lack of practice was oh, was yeah. a big help. Um, and yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, this, just the restarts, I mean, gosh, I keep thinking about those restarts and how great they were. And maybe that's our, that's our chance to talk about the next part of our notes, yeah. but um, the choose cone and mixing up the fast cars with some of the slower cars, it just really makes a nice mix. And it really worked um, at, at MIS versus at, 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 the short tracks. I mean, it, we, we really saw some potential out of the choose cone, right? I mean, that was, oh, that yeah. was as
0: good as it gets. Definitely. And I was paying real close attention to the choose cone, um, and, and was live tweeting during the race on Saturday. And I was trying to focus on who, who was the first one to gain time up there. And very frequently the guy that was like seventh place would jump mm-hmm. up to third. Yeah. Based on that choose cone. And Chase
1: Elliott took advantage of it a bunch. Yep. Um, Bubba Wallace was the big one. I mean, he yeah. came out of nowhere. And dude took a shot. He
0: had a winning move. He just d- couldn't finish it off.
1: Yeah, he couldn't make it stick. I mean, yep. it was a gamble and a half. But when you're Bubba Wallace, you got nothing to lose. Well, go, hey, go for it.
0: When you're running top 10 in that 43 car, you do whatever you do. <laughs> you know? Go yeah, for but it. The, without without
1: the shoes cone, he never even gets nope. a shot. No. Nope. Exactly. Know? And it made an exciting, it, it just, that's just the best example of what that thing is. Yep. I mean, you've got a guy who's not up there very often. Who you know has lesser equipment compared to, you know, if if uh, you know Keselowski stays high with Harvick and you know he can get underneath those guys for once and have some posit- track position that he just never is going to get with equal tires, you know, unless he's gambling no, you know, no tires, two tires or whatever, he's just never going to get that position. Right. Um, which I really like about the shoes cone.
0: Yeah, I think you know I think there's a lot of unknowns about it still. Um, it's going to evolve a lot because these guys really don't know how to take it yet. Um, and they don't really have a strategy around it. Everybody had different strategies around it. Um, I know that, uh, you know, Truex said at the beginning that he was, uh, he was just going to take whatever line was the shortest. And he, he abandoned that during the race. Um, you know, so it's, I think we'll learn a lot more as we go forward with it. And things will change up a lot. But right now it's really fun. Um, I was again listening to DBC. uh listening to Brett Griffin talk about counting Boyer down to it. <laughs> right, just, it was just great. He he says Jeez. he he tells him what position he's in. He starts counting down, and Boyer picks his lane. And Boyer says, "I don't I, I don't know what you were saying. I don't know what oh you're my, telling me." Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it. Uh Only Clint. Oh, I mean, good I love Lord. Clint, man. <laughs> So but yeah, I think I think it was a game changer. And you know, at at Bristol I blamed it for potentially ruining the all-star race or at least not helping the all-star race in the end, but it definitely changed strategy. It made it interesting. It's a gimmick. And you can argue against it because it is gimmicky, but I think it gives people a shot that wouldn't have a shot otherwise and that's all we're looking for, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yes. Yeah, and I think Eric, I think on the intermediate and 2-mile ovals, I, I really think we got something. Yeah. I mean, it, it maybe doesn't work as well in, in NASCAR on the short tracks, but we I think you know we'll we'll get the chance to see it and see, let's I, keep trying it.
0: I think that's what it's made for, though, I think, is short tracks, you know? I mean, yeah, that's, that's Mart- where it maybe Yeah, maybe Martinsville. So, I have a question for you, James. So, first of all, we didn't we didn't talk about the Choose Cone last week because they announced it the day after we recorded the podcast. We generally recorded, well, we record this whenever the heck we can record it. But lately we've been recording Tuesdays and they do all their news announcements on Wednesday. So yeah. And then um, we record Wednesday
1: and all the news comes on Thursday. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So, um, so we didn't get to talk about this last week, but um, oh, where the heck was I going? I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, so <laughs> the announcement came with, in addition to getting the choose, it's actually the choose rule. There is no cone. It's a box. In the yeah. Store. We just
1: call it the cone. I know
0: Um, yeah. there are cones on the fence, but, we only get it for tracks that other everything other than Daytona and Talladega and road courses. What's your thought on that, James? I know you and I had had kind of talked a little bit about what this could mean and whether it could ruin restrictor plate or super speedway racing if they allowed it there. We didn't really talk about road courses. Do you think that we should just open this up to everything? Do you think it's really going to hurt those races, or you think you're are you happy with the the choice that they made? Yep.
1: I don't like it on the super speed. I don't know. It's tough because I hate the, I hate the tomfoolery that goes on on pit road. That's, yeah. and and the super speedways are guilty of it as anybody right. else.
0: I don't see how so, it would change this. I mean, I get that yeah. everybody's going to try and line up behind their, their teammate, but don't they already do yeah. that anyway?
1: Yeah. And like the Charlotte Roval is a great example too, because you got that really hard heartburn turn yeah. and who doesn't want the why inside you there do it on a road course. Yeah. I guess it makes sense everywhere. I, I don't know. I'd like to just if we're going to do it. Let's just do it. Yeah. You know, let's just do it. Not, yeah. not, let's not fool around, but I agree. I, I, thought it, I thought it worked well. I mean, I, you know, I think it works well and I, you know, the all-star race was kind of bland on it, but, mm. um, I think we saw its potential for the first time. It's pretty cool that you were at the first, Yeah, you know, kind of the first race to, to really do it. So I,
0: I will give, I will give Fox a lot of credit for concentrating it on fr- on it on Friday with the truck race. They did a terrible job at the all-star race of watching it, but they, they focused they it, on it yeah. at the truck race, and then NBC did a terrific job this weekend focusing on it as well. I think, I think we got to see every pass of the Choose Cone, um, which was great. And, you know, it, I, you know, I get it from the TV standpoint. It really is at a bad point where they're generally showing ads or following up on stuff that happened on Pit Road. It's really not a good time for them to cut to it to show it. So um, I have a feeling as the novelty wears off, we probably won't see, the choose, see them focus on the Choose Cone as much. Um, but right. for now they got so much criticism after the all-star race that they had to show it now so
1: yeah I thought they did good. yeah I, I think it was, yeah it was fantastic the TV covered it well they had a camera stuck right on it yep. at a perfect angle to show how what the teams were doing.
0: Well and they moved it from Friday to Saturday too it was 100 feet past the start finish line for the truck race and then after that they moved it 200 feet past the start finish line for the yeah. for the Cup series and, and going forward so um, which I think gives them a little bit more time to make the decision. Uh, we, Quinhoff was the very first, uh, cup driver to drive over it and get penalized for it. <laughs> yeah. I um, about that. So, uh, of yeah, course on I'm brand. I'm brand and then, uh, they mentioned on DVC that, uh, the truck series drivers like the second half of the field, just drive over it and get penalized. Like,
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: like, yeah I know. Whatever. Gino <laughs> Pete's. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I think, I think it's a, I think it's a plus. I think it's a good addition. Um, I do agree with Brett Griffin. I think it was Brett that said it. Uh, it's a little weird to introduce it when they introduced it. I mean, NASCAR has a history of doing this, trying something in the All Star Race. It works, and then they end oh, yeah, it they the did. next week.
1: Yep, double power restarts.
0: But uh, but you know, with the with the playoffs and everything the way they are now, and the fact that we're you know we're trying these guys are trying to get into the playoffs. They've got now four races left to go. We had six races left to go before the weekend. Um, it's a weird time to introduce it. You know, introduce it at the beginning of the playoffs. Introduce it at the end of the se- or the beginning of the season. Just kind of a strange spot, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's not the first time NASCAR has done something like yeah, this. It doesn't not, bother me. Not it the last time. Me.
1: If you if you see something, you know, that you can make a yeah. super improvement on, and I, it, it just makes sense. It's the same so. for
0: everybody, so right, whatever. right, exactly. Um. So yeah, I got to be there Saturday. Uh. You know, I don't have a whole lot to say about the experience. It was really surreal to be there, um, with no fans. Uh, I think the 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 thing that caught me the most was the MIS had painted on the on the. Front stretch wall, we miss you fans on both ends of the track. Um, That was pretty cool. It it was just, it was really weird to look out at the fan zone um, and see it empty. Yeah, I mean even even the past few years, there's a lot less stuff in the fan zone than what there used to be. But it just was weird. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, it it did it. it, All that stuff (laughs) looked weird to me. Yeah, the fans, the stands being empty, um, just crazy.
0: Parking was great though. So if you've ever been to MIS. There's the main entrance gate, which is the one to the right of the press box, the right of the tower, kind of by the start-finish line. You'd walk in, and if you walked straight in, you'd get to the start-finish line. Uh, That was open, and we just drove in and parked right there underneath the stands. It was crazy. Like, I had to walk 200 feet to the press box to go – or to the elevator to go up in the press box. Yep. It was awesome. That's (laughs) awesome. Yeah, that's cool. But it was weird to see no campers in the infield, you know, the whole infield empty. Um, the strangest thing, I think, James, was you don't you, I think you take for granted all of the pomp and circumstance before the race. And of course, we had the Xfinity race going long, too. So there was even less because of that. But like it was all of a sudden, everybody lined up on pit road. There's you'd start to see a little bit of activity. Everybody lined up on pit road. They did the national anthem, did the command and they drove off pit road. There was no driver intros, none of that stuff, because, of course, there is no reason I for any that. I love that. No no TV screens anywhere because there's nobody to show TV screens to. And uh, um, I will say that, you know, if anybody, I don't know if there was any criticism, but I figured there might be, uh, if people complained about the fact that there was no Anthem on TV, it was not because they didn't do it. They did it. They just did it during the Xfinity race. So. Right. But. Yeah, it was cool. I'm glad I got to experience it. Um, it'll be the only race I go to this year, so I'm glad. I got to mean, I'm it is really
1: cool that, and you know, kudos to MIS for getting you yeah. access and, and NASCAR for doing that. That's awesome. I yep. just thought that was cool that you, they gave our little outlet a piece. Um, a yeah, piece I mean, of the pie and it's like cool. I said,
0: there were there were probably ten of us there. You know, and so it wasn't like there was a giant crowd of people there. It was a very small, select few that they let let go in. Um, you know, they only gave us one day, so. And, and you got was, to hang with the big dog. Yeah, I got to hang with Gluck. Gluck was there. Got to talk Your with boy. him a little bit. That was cool. Yeah. So it was a good time, for sure. Yeah, good. All right. Uh, anything else from Michigan? I, we didn't talk about winners and losers. Uh, let's run through this. I mean, this. Uh, winners, Kevin Harvick. Um, yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Brad Keselowski and <laughs> his wreck with Ryan Blaney. That was Brad Keselowski's yeah, very yeah. first last place finish of his career. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> it's very incredible.
1: Yeah, had to happen at Michigan, uh, the place where he doesn't want to do it.
0: Yep. Uh, um, Cole Custer had a bad day both days. wrecked on uh, on Saturday, finished thirty fourth. Um, he ran mid pack throughout the day on Sunday, but finished twenty fifth. Yeah. Um, not a good day for him.
1: Uh, I'm ready to uh, I'm ready to cross off anybody driving for Hendrick, uh, as far as a championship. Oh yeah. Even even a thought like they're just done. I don't yep. know what's going on there, but I just. Yeah, they they're not doing anything. It's no. terrible. I don't know what's. I mean, they've just been bad again. Yeah. Like it's they were fine and Alex Bowman was terrible and it's just yeah it was it was Chase Elliott usually runs good at MIS. I mean he had a shot on Saturday but you know he faded and mm. he was never to be heard from again and that was it. I it just yeah Hendricks got issues again and it does it's not it's not something that they're gonna fix by the time the season's
0: over. It's a bummer. Yep, I agree. Uh, let's see, where did, Bubba Wallace ends up 21st on Sunday, but he was, he was there all weekend. He, yep, he ran really well. Saturday. Yeah. Uh, ninth place Saturday, top 10 finish. Um, you know, he's, he's showing his worth in that car and we're going to talk about him here in a little bit. Um, yep. he's definitely doing do. things with that 43 car that he probably shouldn't be doing with that 43 car. So, um, yeah, he's
1: bringing about he's bringing it up the
0: field. Yep. yep. Uh, Christopher Bell had some decent speed throughout the day too. Um, I don't think the results really showed it, but
1: he had a couple of moments. Yeah. He was really good on Sunday for, uh, for a little bit. Yeah. Um, he was up there running pretty well, but, uh, yeah, never, um, never, never completed it. Never brought it home. Uh, Eric Jones had a good, decent weekend until he broke on Sunday. So that kind of stinks. Yeah, he had um, a fast
0: car for sure. Um, yeah,
1: I mean they were both up in the top five
0: at at times. So. And then Kyle Busch, uh, his you know arguably least favorite track in the Cup Series, um, finishes fifth on uh, on yeah, Saturday, it fourth it on Sunday. A little bit. Yep. Yeah. Showed us something. I was something. expecting something out of him on Sunday because he ran so well Saturday, and he didn't disappoint. Um, again, it, it couldn't really compete with with Harvick and Denny. Um, and then Trux was able to get the edge too. Trux ran really well. Uh, had a had a issue on Saturday that had to pit early and um, yeah, bounced back. I benched him on my fantasy
1: lineup because yeah. I was worried he wasn't going to be able to bounce back from that. And he they did they recovered.
0: Yep. So, um, I think that pretty much covers everybody. I think so,
1: man. I think so. Um, Great racing all weekend though. I mean. Heck, the truck race was really good at Michigan, too. Truck race was spectacular. Yeah, uh, yeah ARCA oh. race was fine. I mean, ARCA race was, it was the ARCA race. That's it, fine. But
0: us, I didn't watch the ARCA race. Austin Dillon had trouble on Saturday, too. And the Dow car, of course, worth mentioning, the Dow was from Michigan. Um, ended up wrecking, getting wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> Coming yeah. off of turn four. Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about that so, one. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Not but, good. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. So overall, great re- race, cool. race weekend in Michigan. Yep, really Um, good. Put that in the rearview mirror. Let's talk some news, James. There's not a whole lot of new news. Uh, Like I said, we got a slew of announcements last Wednesday. Uh, We already talked about the choose rule. Uh, We also got the rest of the 2020 schedule. Um, I don't think there was really anything that jumps out at me there. No surprises there. Yeah. The the cup schedule is remains as is for the playoffs. Xfinity added Talladega, right? Yes, Xfinity added Talladega. It's the second race at Talladega for them. I like that. Um, And then there was something else to. The truck. Uh, Something with the trucks. Yeah, where do the trucks end up going? Hold on. I'm pulling it up
1: right meow.
0: We've got. Must be Richmond. Richmond, the trucks. I don't think trucks have ever run at Richmond before. Or they haven't in a long time.
1: It's been a while. I remember Tony Stewart running truck races out there for uh, a little bit. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of anything else that sticks out. ARCA's running at Bristol. I mean, that's a four-race 4, four race weekend at Bristol on yeah. September 17th. That'll be cool. Uh, but I think that was already on the schedule. So, um, yeah, the ga- the truck's running at Darlington. Is oh, that yeah, gonna...
0: that's that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Trucks run at Darlington. They've never run, I don't think, ever run there before. That's going to be good. I like that, too. Yep. So, um, you know, I mean, none of this is a surprise. We figured there'd be a lot of companion events uh, to the end of the season because we aren't running on, you know, we aren't running at these, you know, offshoot tracks this year because of COVID. So yeah. um, got to run them somewhere to finish the seasons out. So I'm, I'm happy we yeah. got us. We finally got the rest of the season. We know what we're get what we're running into. Uh, applause to NASCAR for being able to, at least so far, keep the schedule intact. Um, I was talking to somebody in the elevator going up the press box that, NASCAR might be the sport, might be the one sport, that's able to get its entire season in, James. Albeit some changes, awesome. but yeah. their entire thirty-six race season, plus yeah, even, two all-star events.
1: Yeah, even the NBA, who's having the most success in the. I know the NHL is doing some good stuff too. Um, they're they're gonna be about five games short of what they normally would be. Right. Um, with their bubble. So yeah, NASCAR is gonna figure out a way to do this thing.
0: So far. So far I mean um, we've, right we've I'm seen saying good it's things. Not a
1: disaster like baseball has been yeah. that's for
0: sure I mean we've seen fans in the stands and we've seen no outbreaks as a result I will say they did a good job at MIS of having antibacterial stuff on door handles and all this stuff and precautions and everybody wore their masks and behaved and got to go through the health screening and haven't put the thermometer in my head it felt like I was getting held up in my in my car on my way in but uh, <laughs> everything seemed to work well so yeah good good job on NASCAR yep um, in addition to the choose rule, we also got a new lineup procedure, James. Um, I am not going to even attempt even, to explain the lineup procedure. If you guys, guys want to know the procedure, go on the show notes at www.thesuperspeedway.com. Click on the link to the article on jsky.com that explains it. And you figure it out. And you figure it out. Yeah. So basically it comes down to... It factors in your position and the points, your fastest lap in the last race, and your finishing position in the last race, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, sure. It, sure. All that's added together. There's a formula, and that determines your starting position. Sure. Okay. So here's a question, James. Does it matter? I don't care. Do we? Does, do the fans need to know how specifically a driver got in that position? No. Who cares where they start?
1: No. Does it matter to Kevin Harvick? I don't think so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of business.
0: So I'm not even listen. Not
1: worried about. Here's the about thing.
0: It. <laughs> here's the thing. Run good,
1: all yeah. race long. Start up front.
0: Well, and that's no. the thing, is you are now. This is it, it is a good way to reward a little bit more consistency. You're not just basing it off finish order of a previous race. You're not just basing it off of point standings. Um, you're not basing it off a of blind draw. There is actual. Effort you can do to increase it's, your position in the as line.
1: long as there's one person who's calling the shots and knows how this thing works. Right, I'm good with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have one person who knows all the rules. We're good. We'll put Todd in charge of it. Yeah, come on, Todd. That's yeah. this is all you, man. This I'm tell you what. Todd probably already has this all figured out. He probably has a lineup figured out for the next race. He loves the statistics crap. Yeah, but he's
1: ready for the fantasy league. Yeah, uh, yeah, I you know. Go.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, the only other news item that I saw that was really worth talking about, I think, is that Darlington announced that they should have, they plan to have fans reduced capacity, uh, significantly reduced capacity. Uh, the one thing I noted was they said that fans needed to wear masks upon entering and when they're moving about the facility, I assume that means they'll be required to wear them during the race. Um, so yeah, good. Yeah, good. It sucks. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, guys. It sucks. I hated wearing it at during the cup race, but you know what? I got to watch a cup race. So. Yeah, and you know, you know who's not
1: getting to watch stuff because of this whole masks thing? Uh, college football fans.
0: Yeah. So exactly. there you go. Wear right? your mask. Yep. There you go. Yep. <laughs> so, um, although I did see a story today in the Washington Post, James, that the. Um, the buffs and whatever that people are doing. Yeah, the,
1: the neck things are bad for you. Yeah, yeah,
0: those are actually worse than wearing masks. And I noticed, yeah. like, Brad Keselowski has one of those.
1: All the drivers <laughs> have them. Yeah, a lot of team guys have them, too. Yeah. Yeah. So well, they
0: became really popular. I mean, I like to run,
1: and it's pretty popular in the running community to have them.
0: Well, I, um, I, I was reading it, and, and I'm I like, how could it possibly play. be worse? But they say that it breaks up the droplets and makes them hang in the air longer. And it's like, oh. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah, And they're loose-fitting, and they don't cut, you know, right? They. Yeah, I, I never wore one. And if I know I'm going to be around people, um, even like even when I go running, I take a medical mask with me mm-hmm. and I'll throw that bad boy on if I if I do come into close contact with people. But usually what I do is if I see people coming, I go like way across the street or whatever. I just stay away. <laughs> I, I don't want to wear one of those neck things. I just they don't look comfortable to me either. So
0: I sympathize 100 percent with people that don't like wearing masks because I hate oh. wearing one. I just don't go places where I have to wear it. And if I do go places that I have to wear it, I wear it. So but we won't get political. We won't get into all of it here. Um, But uh, yeah, good. Uh, Let's talk silly season, James. There's some uh, silly season news this week. Uh, We got the official word that Eric Jones is out of the 20 car at the end of the season. And I ask you, James, is there any scenario possible other than him driving whatever the 48 car becomes next year?
1: I think that's the most likely landing spot. I, I mean, you're Eric I, Jones.
0: He's got to have enough pull. There's nobody who's going to beat him for that position.
1: Yeah, he's the best fit for what Hendrick likes to do. He's yeah. young, and he comes with a resume that Hendrick's probably going to be liking as mm-hmm. well. Um, I just don't see another seat out there, especially, you know, we'll talk about this, but the 42 seat looks like it may have already reached out to someone. So. Yeah um yeah eric jones has to be considered we've talked about that a lot on the podcast about the sponsor on that car is coming back with hendrick and they're michigan-based and jones is a michigan i don't know it just feels like it's a good fit there yeah um we talked about that with brad Kozlowski too more of a long shot but um you know we know brad's staying put so right for um, a year at least (laughs) yeah we know brad's got a one-year deal now we didn't know that at the time of the recording last week so that's interesting yeah Um, i think
0: i think you know, you and I talked about it. I think that's probably going to be a common theme for just about everybody who's signed well, a yeah, contract Well, yeah, everybody's going to stay put. Yeah, everybody wants to stay put for a year. And I You're think not going grandma... to want even if you're not, even if you don't have intentions of leaving um, at all, you're still not going to negotiate a contract for multiple years when you don't know what the climate's well, going to look like. Because exactly. right now, you're going to get less. Yeah. Yeah, Next yeah. year, maybe you'll get more. Yep.
1: Yep, yeah. If you want some security at a low price, yeah, this you know, you could probably sign a bigger con or a longer contract. You're not gonna get you're not gonna get what you're worth. And I like Brad's Brad's kinda betting on himself a little bit with that one year deal, so that's good.
0: I like that. Yeah, I agree. Um Um, just to just to extend this Eric Jones discussion, yeah. uh, uh, Larry McReynolds said on uh, on Sirius yesterday, I think it was, um, he basically said, Yeah, he's gonna end up in that forty eight car. So I trust um, Larry Mack.
1: Joe, Joe Gibbs Racing is going to regret this move.
0: Well, regret. here's the thing. Are they going to regret it? I think so. If Jones goes to Hendrick. Well, maybe not right away, but <laughs> I just
1: don't think Hendrick will stay down forever.
0: I, I don't think, I, think so either. I can't imagine that, that he can't does. believe
1: that they'll stay down forever. But yeah, Jarek Jones is probably going to have to do some work there. Um, mm. But I, he's so good. I just can't believe there's, no, letting him there's walk. no
0: circumstance that jones doesn't have a ride for next year right
1: no god no he's too good and and he's there's
0: no other i mean there, the only other place i could see him going is stewart haas i mean there's yeah. he's not i can't see him going to ganassi i don't no. i think jones is too good to go to ganassi
1: yeah, he's not going to fall down. And Hendrick Hendrick's not a lateral move from Gibbs. It is it is a step down, but right. as far as prestige of the company, it's it's lateral. Um, I, I
0: don't think SHR is I think SHR has got enough options without Eric Jones. I don't think they are Yeah, to SHR
1: him. is in the I think SHR is in the Larson business right now and they're trying to figure that out
0: a well, little bit. Well, not only the um, Larson business, but they got Chase Briscoe sitting there in the wings too, so. Yep. And possibly
1: two seats open.
0: Yeah. You know, if, uh, he
1: gets, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, Eric Jones, gosh, I don't, I don't even know what else to say. I feel like I've been, I feel like I've been defending him on this podcast all year. Yeah. I don't know how Couple much more years. I can defend him. Yes. And I don't know why. I, listen, I know he's having a tough season and he's young. Young drivers are going to have tough seasons from time to time. Right. And this is definitely an outlier, but man, to just give up on him. Uh, heesh. I don't know. I just, I mean, it's Joey Logano all over again. Yep. They gave up on that guy. Yep. And I like guys who have chips on their shoulders. And mm-hmm. Derek Jones is going to be like, you guys gave up on me for him. Yep. And let me show you something. I really hope he's got that fire. Yeah, I do too. I, I do I I do wonder does. if he does. I, yeah, I, I do wonder if he does. I, I hope that he does. And I, I believe that he
0: will. I think Eric Jones is a lot more competitive than he puts off.
1: I do, too. He's very quiet. He's a calm dude. But Joey Logano's that way, too. Yeah. Joey Logano does it. You talk to Joey Logano and you think he's a goober, you know? Oh, yeah.
0: Well, he is. <laughs>
1: yeah, <he is. laughs> I know, but he's also one of the most competitive dudes out there. Yeah. He's got a fire in him. And yeah. I, I think Eric Jones has some of
0: that. Just for the record, I, I love Joey Logano for the fact that he's. A oh, me too. Yeah, I, I call him a goober out of love. I don't did, know he, if I would love Joey Logano like I do. Well, I probably would, because I, I I, started to become a fan of Joey Logano during the rain delay at Daytona when he was in the, in the stands signing autographs. Yeah. That's when I'm like, you know, I kind of like this guy, and then having him hang out in the press box at MIS a couple of years ago was great, and uh, yeah, I just uh, he, he's he's a me good over. dude.
1: Yep. No, he's a great dude. Yeah. So. But uh,
0: this is the same thing, though. Like he's
1: just giving up on this young dude who's yep. got who's got it. And
0: Chris yeah, Bell's When, when you had the success that Joe Gibbs has had, whatever. Yeah. You know. I know. Yeah. I he's mean, still, we we he's still he's still got KFB. KFB is there. True. You know.
1: <laughs> you're not getting rid of Hamlin, you're not getting rid of True yeah. What are you supposed to do?
0: Yeah.
1: And if Toyota wants Chris Bell, you know, and it, what's funny too, Eric, is Kyle Bush has been just, just as bad as Eric Jones this year. I mean they're yeah. they're about the same. Uh-huh. I mean they really are about the same.
0: Yeah, but Kyle Kyle doesn't go anywhere unless Kyle wants to go somewhere. That's no, the difference and Kyle's here. Crew, and
1: and Kyle's crew chief doesn't change unless Kyle wants his crew chief to change. Yep. He's in he's in the power seat. He can do whatever the heck he wants.
0: Kyle is allowed to have a crappy season because he's had so many good seasons. He's, Whereas got, Jones, two, he's got two cups. On Jones his... hasn't had a great season yet. No, he hasn't broke through. I he mean, really has.
1: Yeah, we've seen it. You know, William Byron's kind of doing the same thing. Like we've nope. seen it, you have seen it, but we haven't seen it in a, in a in a cup a cup series season. But he's won. Okay. I mean, dude, he's he's a playoff driver, and he's won you know Daytona and Darlington, and he's not no slouch.
0: No, he's not, and he he's had moments of brilliance, but he's you know he's He's green. He's he's Ryan Blaney right now. He is not able to finish. Yep, he's green. Yep, you know, and there's a lot of competition out there
1: that's really tough to beat, especially in his own you know in his own shop. Yep, the the his three teammates are you know top five drivers.
0: <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, he's going up against Harvick and those guys. Yeah, and, you're right.
0: I mean, that's, that's hundred percent true.
1: What are you going to do? I mean, he, he really is the low man on the totem pole. Even if he was winning races, he's still probably one of the low men on the totem pole on that, on that team.
0: Yeah. His stock goes up a lot at Hendrick. I guarantee you that.
1: Oh, he comes, he becomes, I, I know Chase Elliott's winning some races, but I think Jones becomes the best driver in that lineup when he goes over there, mm.
0: you know? Nah, I think, I think, I think Chase is still going to be, Chase is Chase, is the Chases new... it, Chase
1: is their Chase is their cash yeah. flow. he's their money guy. But yeah. I think Jones has the better. Well, the
0: money guy is actually winning races too, so that helps. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's got you know, it. Chase we, is, we had yeah, the money guy for several it. years at Hendrick that wasn't winning races, but now now yeah. he's winning races. So. No. Yeah. No.
1: Chase is. And I, I'm not trying to knock Chase. I just no. think the ceiling of Eric Jones. We will know you hate Chase Elliott,
0: and you think I don't he's hate nobody. Chase Elliott. I don't we hate Chase Elliott. We know it.
1: And he's got a personality now,
0: Todd. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's roll. You know, we're stretching this out, James. Let's see if we can. Oh, this has been a long one. I know. <laughs> it's going to be long. And we're, we're going gonna to bicker at the race picks here in a minute. So. um, All right. So uh, one another shoe dropped this week. Tyler Reddick says that he is returning to Richard Childress Racing in 2021. Yeah, he's um, got a no reason to leave. So, yeah, that's another name that's not out there anymore. Another ride that's not out there. Fully
1: funded ride. He's doing well. Yep, stay home, home, homie. You're good.
0: We found out on Saturday that Bubba Wallace already owns a part of Richard Petty Motorsports, yeah and for over a year. Yeah, yeah. Not only that, but he is just out. Chip Ganassi is saying that Ganassi has an offer to him. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Bubba does, Bubba's not afraid to just say stuff. That's so, for sure. So, what do you think? you think? I, I asked this in our little group chat, but I'll, I'll ask you here on the podcast. As is partial ownership of RPM or a ride without ownership at Chip Ganassi? Which is which do you go for if you're Bubba Wallace?
1: He doesn't have the pedigree for ownership to make as much of a difference as RPM wants it to make for him. I, I you except, know I know what they're doing. Except
0: that with RPM, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere, but he's
1: not going anywhere either. True. He's not going forward. He's, he's bringing
0: gonna... he's bringing sponsorship to the team. Right. That will likely, you know, money money talks, and so that will likely right. improve what they've got there. Um, Ganassi right. hasn't your... shown me anything this year. Well,
1: I, it lo- it's looking more and more like I, I get to I, – I, I'm going to take a lot of losses here in a minute, but this Matt Kenza thing has been a complete disaster. Oh, but
0: I, I agree with you, and I was, I, I was thinking maybe it would work out, but no, it hasn't.
1: It's not working out. Um, I mean, he's been stable, but that that's not happening. Stable um, in the top – you know upper 20s well he's not he's not losing sponsorship that's That's true (laughs) Um, so that he he is a stable hand that's that's about it um i just think bubba you have to go win races i mean if if you stay with rpm that's great that he's bringing sponsorship to the team but he that team's already
0: you know that
1: team's already two steps back
0: well and they're already they're already he's already outperforming where that team is yeah and and kyle larson you
1: say what you want and things ended really bad but he elevated that team oh yeah at Ganassi pretty pretty quickly and and Kurt bush has had some success there too yeah um, they're just never gonna be that's the thing like Ganassi's never gonna get there they're always gonna be the second tier team mm-hmm. and I do you do you try to elevate rpm or what it depends on what bubble wants out of his career and I right. think he wants to win I think he wants to win races so I think so too I think he's gone I think he's going to the 42 and it's gonna happen.
0: I feel like you wouldn't of, you wouldn't have an, have told people that you had an offer from Ganassi if you weren't gonna take it.
1: Well, and I love your theory too. You're the <laughs> first one who talked to me about it. But what if Toyota went after RPM? Yeah, I love that mm-hmm. theory. And if that was the case, if Toyota came knocking at RPM's door with Gibbs backing, yeah, I'd stay there. I
0: don't know, man. Gibbs,
1: I'd stay Gibbs there. Gibbs is the dude. death
0: wish for I affiliated know, but, teams.
1: <laughs> I know, but I, I know that I know, I know, I know what I'm saying sounds crazy because of what they've done, but the teams perform, you know, they do, they do run much yeah. better. Yeah, but that
0: Furniture Toyota. Row Racing literally shut down because they were beating Joe Gibbs. Yeah, because Joe Gibbs, you know, drove the price up because they were getting beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so, I know. I know. I mean, that man. might not be what happened at, at Levine Family Racing, but that is what happened at Furniture Row. Yeah, I know.
1: It's <laughs>
0: Yeah, so. I know.
1: That's the problem with with that that's the problem with having Toyota's really a Toyota and Joe Gibbs, that's really it. Yeah. Whereas if you had, you know, look you look at Ford and they've got you know, three major teams, two of them are really good and mm. then there's Roush. Um and then and Chevrolet, I mean, it's it's Hendrick and you know, can uh, I guess Ganassi's about even with them at this yeah, point? Sort of. Yeah. But we're running out. We're running out of good teams, so that's why I want. To, I want to see Toyota actually invest in somebody and make it work.
0: But well, that is a great transition because we lost a, a, a an up and coming team. Speaking of death nail, yeah, yeah. We it was confirmed that uh, Spire Motorsports has purchased Levine Family Racing. Um, Spire did note in their uh, comments regarding the purchase that they believe that the current ownership package. Um, and the new car is going to lend itself well to their program, so um, we'll see. I guess they're trying to build something. I guess I, I want Spire... Is there another? Is there another Quinnhoff out there? I mean, well, he's got he's got security. Cause I guess you don't have need experience or... to drive a car for.
1: Yeah, Spire. that's Spire. <laughs> Spire really. Spire really is putting their eggs in the twenty. It's well, it's now that's the twenty twenty two basket for the new car. Yeah. Um, so at least they have a plan, and yeah. they're not just out there ma- making a joke out of this thing. But we're,
0: we're making fun of them, but watch them come out and be a powerhouse in five years. Yeah, I mean, they're if they're trying
1: to build something here, Eric. I mean, they've they've got really valuable charters. Yep. Um, I I assume they were gonna try to sell that charter and, and get out of the sport because it was so valuable because they bought the seventy eight. Right. Um, and that's a good charter, but I don't know if it matters. But uh, you know, I, jeez, yeah, I, I hate that we're losing. a a decent team with Gibbs affiliation, but
0: we probably, you know, we, we want more owners in the sport. We want more competition in the sport. We want more manufacturers. We probably should, should get off the Spire hate bandwagon and encourage them to, you know, be encouraging to them to come into the sport. And you got to start somewhere. So hopefully they, they have a plan and hopefully it works out for them. I mean, we could, we could use another competitive team. So
1: lots of, lots of teams have, have played the long game i mean yep. french row played the long game oh yeah um gene haas you know played the long game until he could strike you know
0: Yep.
1: he built something and then he had an opportunity and he took it and, and he's
0: playing it again in formula one so
1: he's trying yeah i mean he's trying yeah. um so yeah i mean spire they're at least they're i mean i don't know at least they're invested in the sport you know they're not going away right i just hate that we're i hate that we are losing more competitive seats i think we can all agree that um, the sport's better when you've got more teams, you know. At the at the top, we just don't we just don't have it right now.
0: So guess what? Yes, the charter system bites again. It does. Hate the charter system. Terrible. It does. We Absolutely all hate terrible. it. Yeah. Yep. It sucks. Completely terrible. It has done nothing to help the sport.
1: No, nope, and the sport keeps losing losing cars. You know, we've we've down from forty three to now we're at thirty nine. You nope. know, at
0: Michigan, and it's yeah, I
1: don't know, nope. it's not great.
0: Nope uh biggest news of the week james completely out of the blue completely shocked nobody saw it coming christopher bell officially announced as the driver of the 20 car in 2021 he gets the
1: 20 seat yep
0: <laughs> and we've talked about it a bit but yeah it's, i'm surprised yeah. we didn't just announce this when they announced jones was gone because come on make sure just did that one we time all knew now. it was happening
1: yeah yeah it's writing was on the wall dude yep and that's our silly I mean, season that-
0: news for the for the <laughs> week <laughs> What were you uh, gonna you know, quick,
1: I was just going to say a quick comment on Jones. I mean, or on, uh, yeah, I'm still stuck on Jones on Chris bell. I mean, he's a great young driver. He's got yeah. a lot of talent. Um, and I think he will do well
0: there yeah. eventually. Yeah, I um, agree. I don't, I don't want to take anything away for... from bell on the steel. It's yeah. not his fault, you know?
1: Yeah, it's not. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we hate it for Jones because yeah. I think we think a lot of Jones and I, I think a lot of people do, um, Chris Bell's a really good driver too, a really good up and coming driver. And um, I think he'll do well in that seat. And and uh, I think I think in in this case, Gibbs is invested in the long term with this guy. So he's not going anywhere for a while.
0: Yeah, I agree. But I mean, we've said that about other drivers. We said that about lots of guys. Yeah. (laughs) So that's true. How different is all this look if Carl Edwards didn't leave? Yeah,
1: isn't that wasn't that a great piece? Did you watch that? No on, on FS one? No. They had the they had the what if Carl Edwards show. That was oh, really? something. No. Yeah, go look that up. Um, have to I'll make that, that uh, like a mini shout out for yeah. everybody. Go look go look that up. What if Carl Edwards doesn't walk away in twenty sixteen? That's interesting. Um yeah, there's some, is some good stuff. And it kind of goes into his whole career. Some something we actually talked about on the podcast. We had a big, big discussion about that <laughs> during Hall of Fame time. So yeah.
0: cool. It's good. All right. <laughs> James, time to talk picks. <sighs> um, I, I know you don't want to talk about picks. We can talk about picks. But uh, I had a pretty good weekend at Michigan, James. I don't know if you knew yeah. this. Uh-huh. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so there was... Uh, there. Was I, wonder some... how, I wonder how. <laughs> there was some complaining last week about the fact that I got to pick first for the doubleheader. This, by by the way, was the second doubleheader that I got to pick first for. And uh, guess what? There's another doubleheader coming up at Dover in two weeks. And I uh, guess who gets to pick first there again. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah, um, so I yeah. picked Kevin Harvick at Michigan, and uh, you know James James swung for the fences and picked Denny Hamlin to try and uh, try and at Tried least to get try and at least get a couple points out of me. But uh, Kevin Harvick managed to win both days. So in addition to the two points for the wins, I also got two bonus points. So four points up, thanks to Kevin Harvick. And oh, by the way, James,
1: yeah, your oh, dark yeah.
0: horse pick of Tyler Reddick, which was a spectacular pick, by the way. Um, thank
1: you, for real, Thank you for being so nice about it.
0: <laughs> he uh, he didn't perform as well as Christopher Bell, my pick, both days, and uh, and thus I gained two additional points there. So we went from as
1: beautiful whooping as you can hand somebody. <laughs> we was fr- went from it being close with the, with the Dark Horse sweep. You it, can't do any better than that.
0: <laughs> it is now twenty nine to twenty two. I am leading yeah. over James after twenty two races. Wow! And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we might have to start doing the math, James, and determine when the playoffs come if you can even successfully beat me.
1: Am I mathematically eliminated? (laughs) No,
0: we're not that bad yet. With bonus points, there's still a chance.
1: Uh, Somehow, (laughs) Eric, you rigged this like you're an only child.
0: (laughs) I wish I I was smart enough to rig this. I really do. And just just to be fair, everybody, I did offer James the opportunity to pick first. The next two weeks, so he got the Dover Dover pick. Um, I've declined. James has declined. I, I might still convince this, him to do, do thing it. Yeah. I'm let this naturally happen. I'm
1: gonna let this butt whooping naturally happen. I'm not
0: giving up. The problem is, is that honestly, the Pocono pick and the Dover pick aren't that big of a deal, but Michigan is because, come on, it's Harvick, you know, right?
1: I know. I really got. <laughs> started, really. I
0: didn't think he was really going to be able to do it both days, though. I really didn't. Oh man, yeah. I thought for sure that Denny would get him the second day. I but. mean, he hadn't. If he needed like two more laps, but yeah, yeah, he uh, did.
1: yeah, that was a butt whooping. I'm <laughs> um, taking my licks. Um, I'm trying not to sound like a whiner because <laughs> I could. I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, it, I'm not, James. It was one of the biggest. I mean. Man, because I had Harvick all over my fantasy team all week too, so I was partially rooting for him. And then on the back of my mind, I go, "Oh man, Eric's gonna dominate these
0: picks. It's not great." That is the worst when you when you're rooting for and against somebody at the same time. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I'm not giving up. Listen, I I'm like uh, I'm like Tony Stewart in 2011. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't deserve to be in the conversation anymore, but I'm gonna race. <laughs>
0: We'll see what I can do. There you go. Well, you do get the first pick this weekend. It is the Goal Bowling 235 right. at Daytona International Speedway on the road course, James. Yeah. And we don't know anything. Like Kevin Harvick said, he has no clue what's going to happen this weekend. Yeah. Um, one other factor to consider with the Daytona road course is that it's August in Florida. August. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it rain like every day in Florida in August? Yeah, it's not going to be great. So not only do we have an uncertain road course race, but we also have potential for rain and wet weather. Um, Of course, the August rain usually is accompanied by um, lightning like crazy. So who knows what would happen?
1: Fingers crossed we can get her in.
0: We will, in theory, have fans at the track. So that's, that's good. That'll be cool. Worst states of
1: the uh, COVID experience.
0: So, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. Uh, OK. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, James, you get the first pick, and I do not envy you for having to pick first. <sighs> I even went through the trouble of pulling up uh, Racing uh, Reference and then remembered that not only no, no, no. are there no, no, no yeah. stats for this track, but they just have the Daytona regular oval listed still on a schedule as far as stats. Oh, so, God. so there's no oh, help man. for this pick. So who? Are you got going no with? I'm on an island here. Yeah, I know my pick and my dark horse pick already. Well, I think I might steal
1: your pick if I if if I think you Probably. might go gold. I'm taking KFB. Really? I'm gonna take KFB. Yep. Interesting. He's driven the road course fairly recently. That is a good thing. And and, um, kind of level playing field here. So I'll take the guy, the best wheelman, and and see if I can do it. I I mean, there's guys I wanted to take. Mm -hmm. I just don't know where to go with this, Eric. But I'll take the I'll take the one guy who's got some recent experience in the sports cars here. Um, And you know, I mean. If everything's equal, don't you take Kyle Busch sometimes, even if he's not having the greatest of seasons?
0: Yeah. I mean, if let's put it this way. Kyle Busch has never won at the Daytona Road Course. So, you know, it's only one of two tracks on the circuit that he's not won at.
1: Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, adds to his list. So, um, yeah, I I don't know what to do here. I mean, I feel like Blaney would be good. I think Truex might be good. And Chase Elliott might be good here. I, I don't know. But I'll take Kyle. Uh, fingers crossed and hoping a prayer. And, and I can't believe I'm saying Kyle Bush is a reach, but it feels like a little bit of a reach, but I, I feel decent about
0: it at least. Okay. Um, I'm glad you went with Kyle Bush because that was not where I was going to go. Let me give you my reasoning behind my choice. As I look up my dark horse to make sure that I'm picking who I thought I was going to pick. Um, and I think I am. So, uh, I am going to go with somebody. I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to go somebody with no experience in the Daytona Road Course. However, this person is a good road course racer. Um, he is. He has won on the road course a couple times in the Cup Series. He actually got his first win on a road course in the Cup Series, and he is the most recent winner at the last road race that we've run. And I'm going to go with yeah. Chase Elliott as my. Yeah, he's going to be good. Yep, I think he'll be. I think he'll be pretty good here. Not only is he the most recent winner, but he also ran well in the inaugural, Roval race as well.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So Chase Elliott is my pick.
1: Yep, and he's good at Watkins Glen, high-speed um, type of road course. So, yeah, he. That's good. That's probably where I would have won if I didn't take Kyle.
0: There you go, and uh, I get to go first, dark horse, um, and I am going to go with somebody who performed well again on the Roval. In the Xfinity series, and I'm just gonna go with Tyler Reddick as my pick for the dark horse. Oh boy!
1: Looking at dark horses, uh, man, I don't even know where to go here sure. after. <laughs> um, jeez. I
0: just it's take. Bad, I just take,
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna just take Chris Bell. Uh, I think I'll take. Um, Give me Michael McDowell.
0: Okay.
1: Give me Michael McDowell. Good road course racer, and he's good at the super speedways, so I don't know. <laughs> Let's you can... see if I can steal one here with Michael McDowell. You I feel like he's going to should... hang around.
0: You know who not to pick for a dark horse this weekend? Uh, Brendan Gaunt. Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace oh. would a poor pick because Bubba Wallace is terrible on <laughs> the yeah. road ball. Yeah, he is so, good at Daytona, but this is, yeah, yeah, this is a little different. This is, this is different. not the Daytona that you want to pick Bubba Wallace for. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Bub. Um, that is a good point. Uh, Brendan Gaughan is coming back to run the run the Roval this weekend, so that's cool for him. Um, Offense COVID
1: positives, too, so he's, yeah. he's coming back in more ways than one. Yeah, so.
0: exactly. Uh, one thing that I had, and I haven't seen this announced anywhere, James, in the whole road course discussion, of course, we have the uh, – We have the chicane uh, added coming off of Turn 4 at Daytona to slow the cars down coming down the front stretch. We've got some turtles. Uh, If you want to see what it's going to be like, I believe they're running it for iRacing tonight. Um, Yeah, they're running
1: it right now. I just saw it um, as we're recording. Yeah, I was scrolling Twitter to make sure we didn't miss any news. But but of course, we'll miss it either way. Yeah. Um,
0: So here's the question I have. Um, Out of bounds. It's Daytona, so below the yellow line is out of bounds. Oh, is it out of bounds for the road course? I ask I that because you can go on the apron to the start-finish line and potentially gain some some position. So I'd be curious to see what NASCAR's decision is on that. I assume that it's okay.
1: Yeah, I, this is not a, considered a super speedway race, right? right? So yeah, I, think so I would assume fine.
0: it's fine, but there, I if I was a driver, I'd probably raise my hand during the driver's meeting and ask that question.
1: Todd, if you know the answer,
0: <laughs> I know. send us a Todd, get on the rule book. You need to have that added to the rule Archie book. Steve. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's talk Fantasy League real quick, James. Um, I believe I did terrible on Saturday, and I think I got second on Sunday, didn't I? You
1: did. Uh, yeah. This is the only thing I beat you at was Saturday. Um, <laughs> so top five for Saturday. Freight Train, Todd, he steamrolled. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Justin Jay, went. myself, and Ranger Runyon. That, that's your top five. Eric, um, you, you did beat the guy who didn't show up. Yeah. Uh, Sunday. Uh, Ranger bounces back 199, and then Eric mean you were really close, but when Brad Keselowski hit the wall, it put a damper on my day. Yeah. Um, so Eric gets second. I was just behind you in third, Danny, the many, and then Jay went in the top five. Um, Todd, all the, all the goodwill Todd had on, uh, on Saturday, he lost it all on, on Sunday. So we still, we still had a positive gain on him.
0: The only overall. thing better than doing well in fantasy during the week is watching Todd just struggle.
1: Yeah. Watching Todd have a bad day. Well, he's so he messed rare. With this. Yeah, he messaged us when when the when the Penske cars hit the wall, he knew he was done. <laughs> so, um overall standings freight train, he is still ahead, but it's a twenty one point lead. Then Denny the Many, Justin seven one three, and myself, top five. you um, Eric you're right behind me. So that is your fantasy update. The most exciting part of the podcast. There you go. Uh you got any shout-outs this week, James? Um, NASCAR Chasm is stomping around in our neck of the woods. Is he? Um, Yeah, he's uh, sharing on Instagram his trip to Michigan. He's in Newberry right now, but he's, he was over near Traverse City and in Mackinac. And, uh, you know who else
0: was in Traverse City? Who? Paris Paris Hilton. Hilton. Yeah, Yeah, I saw that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, celebrity gossip makes its way to Michigan. That's fantastic. Chasm's a bigger celebrity than Paris Hilton at this point. I agree. I agree. Um, and then my uh, I do have a NASCAR 2004 update. Yes. Um, it seems to be a common thing. I do have two wins now. Okay. Uh, both at Talladega. One yes. Talladega in the fall, the A Sports 500, and then the Aaron's 499 on uh, in my 2004 season. Nice. So It's not not been going very well though. My team still sucks.
0: What uh, what car number are you? 82. It was
1: one of the only uh, double digit numbers I could get, so I locked up the 82 car. Nice. Because you could do the triple digits in that game, and I just that. Makes yeah. me infuriated, so triple, I have to have
0: some. Yeah, triple digits do not have a place in NASCAR.
1: They won't pick your, they, won't, they won't. let you pick your numbers. So you have to. Yeah. You know, you have to pick between like a set, and there's only like five double digit numbers that you can take. So, for some reason, eighty two stuck out to me. So there you go. That's where I'm running. That's what I'm running. The the reverse
0: Davy Allison. There you go. Um, speaking of Davy Allison, so I discovered a pretty interesting uh, podcast over the past week, um, and and didn't really discover it because I've seen it. A bunch on Jayski's website for quite a while, but never really, never really clicked on it a whole lot. But they've got videos on YouTube, and a lot of the podcasts are on YouTube as well. The Scene Vault podcast—it is—I uh, don't know if it's one of the guys from the original NASCAR Scene magazine or what. Um, but basically scene they great. they it's talk great. to a bunch of you know former drivers, sit down with interviews with them, and uh, the one that hooked me in was the Larry McReynolds one, and I watched the entire podcast and learned. You know, I was a giant Davy Allison fan, and thought I knew everything about Davy Allison's reign in the Cup Series, and the whole 28 saga and all that. And uh, it turns out I did not. And uh, the the biggest thing that I learned from this podcast is that Dale Earnhardt wanted to drive the 28 car. Well, after Ernie Irvin got hurt, Dale Earnhardt put his name in the hat to drive that car. Um, the catch was that he a wanted to drive the 28. Uh, He did not want to drive a different number. He wanted to drive the Iconic 28, which Larry McReynolds had guaranteed, promised to Ernie Irvin, should Ernie Irvin return, that he would have the 28 car still. And Dale Earnhardt also wanted a million dollars to do it, which was not in the cards for Robert Yates Racing at the time. But uh, pretty interesting. Would have been something to see Dale Earnhardt go over, leave Richard Childress to go run for Robert Yates and Larry McReynolds.
1: Can we get Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s feedback on this? I don't know. I really want to know the how serious that do you think
0: dale i bet you jr doesn't know enough about it because during that era i don't think jr was really privy to all that discussion i just cannot believe
1: dale in the middle of his championship runs would leave the three yeah i just i find that so hard to believe but maybe I well he wanted to work
0: with larry because he was he did eventually work with larry yeah he was a large part of larry coming over to the three car and they were terrible together yeah, I mean, Until, they won the Daytona yeah. Five Hundred. That was so that's funny. all that Larry got was the
1: Daytona Five Hundred. <laughs> yeah, and then he was gone, not too far after.
0: Yeah, um, went to work for Mike Skinner for a while. I just find that so hard to believe that he would have left for that twenty eight car. Yeah, hmm. very interesting. But anyway, there's some great, uh, great interviews on there. I was I watched the other night. I watched uh, Lake Speed talking about when Michael Waltrip punched him through the window at MIS. <laughs> um, lots of good stuff. So it's a great podcast. If you're looking for it, just go on J website. He shares out something from the scene, the um, scene vault every week on the on the website. So, uh, and search for the scene vault podcast on YouTube, and you can find video and whatnot. Uh, a lot of I watched some of uh, discussion with Ricky Craven talking about his um, his accident at Texas where he got hurt. Um, talking about the, the Talladega wreck where he flew over the top of all the cars and hit the fence and all that. Um, it's an interesting podcast, worth checking out. So, uh, I also want to give a shout out to Lap Traffic Podcast, Brandon Crowd, the host over there. Again, got to meet up with him at MIS, got to chat with him a bit, and uh, he's doing good stuff over there. So, check out his podcast. If uh, if you guys like ours, you'll like his. Um, he does a lot better job of getting drivers and, and interviews and stuff on the show. You know, ours is just James and I BSing every week. That's right. Uh, Brandon puts some time into actually getting guests. Um, something that a professional would do, but not us amateurs here. So um, go check out his podcast. It's worth listening to and, uh, and give him a shout. So tell him we sent you. There you go. Yes. There you go. Um, and with that, James, where can they find you on social media if they want to chat with you during the week? At James Cush on Twitter. You can find me at T TSuperspeedway on Twitter. You can find the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesuperspeedway. Our website is thesuperspeedway.com. You can find uh, links to all the old episodes of the show, or at least a bunch of them. Uh, links to the show notes. Uh, they'll have links to all the articles we discussed. You can click on those, check out the articles. Um, you know, you read it for the articles, right? right? Yeah, of course. Anyway, <laughs> um, you just let me leave me hanging here, James. No support like whatsoever. Not <laughs> bad joke, and James just silence. Sometimes Crickets. you
1: know, you know how I do it, Eric. Sometimes I, I like to let you just float out there. It brings me joy.
0: Funner than this. Anyway, yes. <laughs> Um let's see, where was I? Uh you can find the podcast on the site. Um, you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud wherever you found us today. We hope you subscribe and continue to listen. And if you want to become a patron and help us out, uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash the super speedway. We are road course racing, roval racing this weekend. We got a couple of roval races coming up in a pretty small period of time, James. Yeah, uh, we, we do. Got, we got Daytona this weekend on the road course. We go to Dover for two races the following weekend, and then we go back to Daytona to wrap up the regular season. We're getting down to it. Uh, definitely going to be some interesting things at the tail end of the of the qualifiers for the playoffs. Uh, this weekend could be a very big wild card. It'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll be back next week to discuss it all. Daytona International Speedway, the road course. That's it. We're going racing this That's weekend. It. Until then. Until we're back, wow! It just derailed. Wow, we lost
1: it. I know. I <laughs> so left it hanging, bad. and then it it ended.
0: I knew where I was going too. It was just terrible. Anyway, we'll be back next week to discuss Daytona, everybody. Until then, let's go racing.